Anna Burns Francis is joining us now to explain how somehow the legal challenges by Trump continue and every single time they get rejected. Anna, hello. G'day, Tim. And Tim, how are you? We're doing good. We're pretty good. Yeah, lovely. Um, we're, we're all doing better than Donald Trump's doing, I think. Well, what, what was this this lawsuit filed by Texas, Texas? against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, that seems I mean, a bit peculiar. <laughs> and it was peculiar. And of course, this was the best part, I think, about the Supreme Court coming back with its decision was a couple of the justices saying, uh, you've got to be kidding. Go away. No way we're entertaining that. Uh, and Alito and one other, I think Thomas, saying that, um, sure, you can present this to us, but absolutely not. This is not a, a court case that's going to make it a foot further. And, of course, it was so ridiculous because, it, scarily, it kind of had the backing of a number of, of GOP uh, congressmen, senators. So you've got to wonder about what's going on there. Apparently they were doing it to appease Trump. Why you would still be trying to do that at this point, they surely must be thinking he's going to make a run in 2024 and they might need him, but... Why you'd still be backing Trump at this point? I think he's won for 50-odd losses in court cases amongst all the battleground in the swing states. It's just crazy. It's just another distraction. It doesn't change. There's still no evidence of any widespread fraud, and Texas had no chance of getting anywhere with this court case. He's tweeted a, little, a, bit, a bit about how they're not very wise, I think, the justices that he, uh, he appointed. Well, he'd be a bit disappointed, wouldn't he? Because, of course, he's made quite a few appointments to the Supreme Court in the time that he's been president, uh, more so than Barack Obama made. Of course, there was the issue that uh, Barack Obama had asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg to stand down, and she never did. So, of course, that meant that um, as she got older, and, of course, they are lifelong appointments, it then fell to Donald Trump to make a, another number of appointments with Brett Kavanaugh and, and Amy Coney Barrett, of course, as well, the latest one. Um, and, of course, he'd be hoping, and he made it very clear, I don't think he was particularly uh, quiet about this, that he was absolutely thinking that putting the court, uh, conservatives on the court, would fall in his favour, and it, and it hasn't so far. That's not what uh, they're intending to do, and this is the way that everybody hopes that the justice system stands up to uh, questions around its election, but certainly Donald Trump was thinking it might go another way, because of course he's been able to in the past, we've seen with, particularly with positions he's appointed people to, been able to say, I demand your resignation or you're fired. Well, it doesn't work like that with the Supreme Court Justice, despite his best attempts. Yeah, because he demands absolute loyalty, and, and there's something in, his, something in his psyche, which despite all the evidence that, you know, he lost this election, by the way, the popular vote is now over 7 million votes in favour of Biden, never mind the fact that the Electoral College winners the same size as Trump's over Clinton uh, four years ago. Uh, but, but I think this part of Trump's brain that genuinely thought because he'd appointed Amy Coney Barrett that she would do whatever he asked her to do. And we all, absolutely, that's complete, I completely agree with you, Tim. We also see the same thing happening time and time again, which is a very select or narrow view of the facts. And, and they're not uh, necessarily false facts, if you can call them that. Donald Trump did get more votes than any other sitting president. But that doesn't matter if your opponent got more votes, <laughs> you know. So it's not a lie, but it's not the truth. I did enjoy a tweet, you know, there was the Venezuelan conspiracy that somehow Hugo Chavez was influencing things from beyond the grave and someone's tweeted, yes, tw tweeted 9-0, not a single vote for Trump. That Hugo Chavez has quite a reach. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, um, Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, um, not too much turkey. But um, it's had a bit of a negative effect, of course, on the COVID figures with the, the numbers reaching close to 300,000 deaths now. 
And we all saw it coming because they warned everybody weeks in advance that Thanksgiving was going to be a problem. And, you know, it's really interesting. You see doctors come out in the U.S. and say, you know, I have so- I'm treating someone today. They told me they didn't believe in COVID before. They had a, a get-together at Thanksgiving, and now they're in my hospital. And, you know, I'm treating them even though they said it was a hoax and they refused to abide by social distancing and wearing a mask and everything. And and I saw one tweet that a doctor had made, and the replies to it were things like, thank you so much, I only had five people round for Thanksgiving. You know, they just, they're missing the point mm. that you can't have anybody round. And I get it, it's tough. Lockdowns in America have been going on for months. Mm. There's very inconsistent messaging. It changes state to state and month to month and week to week. Indoor dining is shutting in New York on Monday. You look at outdoor dining, I mean, we walked through some restaurants tonight in, in Greenwich and around the West Village. A lot of those would count as indoor dining. They're so tightly packed together. But at the end of the day, whether someone is in a restaurant or whether they're gathering in their home, there is spread. And it's just so hard to get a lid on it. And everyone's hoping Mm. the vaccine is going to be the solution. Well, you know, I read another analogy for it the other day, which is that it doesn't really matter how good the fire hose is, the vaccine in this case being 90% effective, the fire it has to put out is just enormous and growing by the day. Um, how are just quickly? How are you actually coping with? It? You're talking about you going around, you know, Greenwich, Greenwich Village looking for a restaurant and seeing how everyone's interacting. How are you managing your own safety over there? Because you want so to be my, enjoying New York as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my rule is that I don't eat uh, anywhere that really. It's a little restrictive. I think people would be. <laughs> a lot of my friends probably have just accepted this is the way I'm going to be. I will eat out in an outdoors space only. And my rule is that it has to have three open sides. Mm. So it can have a, a we went yep. to dinner on uh, the other night and it had no, yep. it was an umbrella with gas heaters. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm, I'm uh, quite comfortable with that. But a lot of these outdoor shelters are fully yep. enclosed with doors and windoors. That's and a good just wine indoors. list. And a good wine list, of course, as part well, of the requirement. Well, of course, that, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even, you've got to get past the first hurdle of the wine <laughs> list before I'll even look at the outdoor dining, of course. <laughs> but this is getting trickier as it's, it's getting colder, as it's getting much, yeah, much colder in New York. Absolutely. We've got to leave it at that, Anna, but but just tell us, temperature right now, what is it in New York? Oh, we're balmy today. 12 degrees, I think we've got up to. I think it feels like seven outside, nice and warm. Shorts and jandals. That is balmy, though. I was in New York at the start of November, and it was three degrees. Oh, yeah, we we did have snow a couple of days ago. Right, It was a little cold. So so 12 is outrageous. Thank you, Anna Burns-Francis. We'll talk again soon. Cheers, guys.